This is a Federal News Network podcast. Federal agencies have been planning and thinking about how they'll reopen federal offices back up to employees and contractors. One thing's clear, your office may look and feel a lot different than it did before. To some degree, these changes will be present at all agencies, from the Agriculture Department to the Intelligence Community. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now to describe USDA's reopening plan and what questions the intel community is also starting to ask. And, Nicole, let's start with the Agriculture Department. What is their approach right now to reopening? So, like the Trump administration's reopening framework that uh, OMB and OPM put out a month ago now at this point, USDA is going to approach this in three phases. And what's interesting is the plan, and it's a summary, really, about two pages, but The summary explicitly states that USDA mission areas and agencies should plan to provide face coverings or masks for their employees who are on site from phases one through three. And the summary describes that agencies, specific facilities, et cetera, they can't move on to the next phase at least until 14 days have passed without any coronavirus cases at the facility and as long as they have enough cleaning supplies, face coverings, other protective gear for all of the people who will be in the building. So under phase one, it's still pretty bare bones. The offices themselves can reopen and employees can start to come back into the office, but really only those who really have to be there. So a priority is is on employees who, for example, can't telework, contractors who can't telework, And, you know, some of the common areas and break rooms will be closed. Visitor policies will be really tight. I mean, pretty much no one allowed into the building unless it's absolutely necessary. And I think another big change will be just the food service at the building. Uh, No longer open food. Um, There will be vending machines, but that's about it. Sounds lovely (laughs) to go back to work under circumstances like that, where mask, hope nobody else gets sick or you get sent home again, and meanwhile, nothing else going on. So what stands out to you about this whole summary? So, Tom, I I will mention the other two phases just real quickly. You know, under phase two, more employees and contractors will come back into the office. And under phase three, it says up to 100% of employees and contractors back in the building. Some of those visitor policies might loosen up a little bit. Uh, Some of the food service may return, but only under contactless options or, again, vending machines or kind of grab-and-go setups. So I think the open cafeteria probably isn't coming back for a little while. Um, And I should also mention that employees who are considered at high risk for this virus can continue to telework really from phase one and two, but by phase three, they've got to provide medical documentation to continue working from home. As for what stands out about this plan, it's interesting. It doesn't quite mention how facilities that perhaps rent from, you know, the General Services Administration or facilities that maybe USDA shares with another agency are supposed to operate. I spoke with Don Bice. He's the former Deputy Assistant Secretary for Administration at USDA. And he says that, you know, it's a pretty cut and dry plan, but it doesn't really acknowledge perhaps some of the bigger changes that we could see coming down the road. 
you know, USDA is very much about putting employees out in the field where their customers are. But what if their customers don't want to come into these federal offices either? And so the plan doesn't really account for how telework policies might change or just some of these processes in general could change because of that, you know, we still sense fear out there about really returning to public life. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. I remember one of my first visits to a federal building. I must have been about 10 years old. My grandfather took me to the cafeteria in the agriculture department. (laughs) They were open to the public in those days, and there were basically little old ladies with hairnets on and white uniforms cooking. I'm sure that's decades since that's been the case. But let's move on to the intelligence community. What what are the reopening questions uh, under consideration there? Well, the intelligence community, Tom, has been operating much differently than some of these other agencies. And in many cases, employees and contractors are still physically entering some of these buildings. But I think some comments that we heard recently from Bill Evanina, who's the now permanent director at the National Counterintelligence and Security Center, which is housed within the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, He spoke recently um, on a webinar from the Intelligence National Security Alliance about some questions that he's considering. We are at a precipice right now in the intelligence community to immediately find solutions on teleworking. We've identified some pros and cons to having employees work at home. As Inza knows, we're still working through the contractor aspect of that and how does that look and feel like in the future. But we are now, I think, in crisis point moving forward and when we get back to normal, There is not going to be the normal we knew of uh, pre-COVID. I think we've been able to identify the fact that we are just as successful, with some exceptions, uh, with people working at home than we were before. And I think we have to be flexible to look at a private sector model and maybe extrapolate that into the intelligence community to be a more effective and efficient, and I would say a more attractable environment for those college students who are coming out and want to be in the IC in the next couple of years. That's Bill Avedina. He's the permanent director at the National Counterintelligence and Security Center, really suggesting that I think some things the way that ODNI and other intel agencies will do business might change in the future. I also spoke with Chris Bellios, who's the COO at Hexagon U.S. Federal, a federal contractor that does work with many of these intel agencies. He's also on an INSA advisory committee that's looking at how federal contractors that service the intelligence community can get back to work. And he says that all of these intel agencies approach things very differently. Some employees and contractors worked in staggered shifts, you know, some days of the week at home, some days at the office. Others worked different hours. He described a scenario where employees got there at six o'clock in the morning, left at two in the afternoon. There was an hour in between to clean the skiff. And then employees came in, you know, from 3 to 11, which doesn't sound particularly fun. He that, says that. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've heard that also about the intelligence community. They have to be in the skiff. So how do you lower the person density in those places? And the only way is to spread the working day out over 24 hours in some cases. Yeah. And, you know, not all classified workers have to be in a skiff. It kind of depends what your level of security clearance is and what kind of work you're you're handling. You know, we've heard about some employees who have been at home this whole time working on training. So they might be highly experts at some, you know, program management field or something like that at this point. I think the consensus is that things will definitely need to change in the intel community. And there might even be a growing acceptance that, you know, maybe some 
maybe if you have a security clearance, you don't necessarily need to spend your entire time at the office. And I think as you heard from Evadina, you know, they're really going to look to the private sector to see how things might change in the future. And also, people are going to be looking both from the contractor side, I think, and to some degree the agency side for a really quick response from Evanina's own agency for security clearances. And so they're going to be under the pressure just on that basis, too. Right. And Evanina acknowledged that, you know, and I think this was sort of a, a broad platitude that he was he was thinking about here, but he even acknowledged that maybe the size of the cleared population could change if you find that there isn't a need to have as many people physically sitting in the office doing classified work, well, maybe they don't need a security clearance at all. And that's been a push, I think, since 2013, since we saw some of those insider threat attacks on some agencies to reduce the size of the cleared population. So there could be changes there as well. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.